Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Welcome into another edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. It is going to be a special night on the north side of Chicago as the Cubs getting ready to raise that World Series championship banner. But before they get to that, we get Ryan Dempster in the Chatting Cage, and that's exciting. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This is great. All right, so the way this works, fans, you know how it is. You use that hashtag chatting cage on social media, use that MLB fans app, or hit the get in line button on your screen and ask your own questions for Ryan. And we're going to start with social media, Ryan. And Sergon23 wants to know what was your favorite part about playing at Wrigley Field? Oh, wow. Um, I just always enjoyed the walk to Wrigley Field. I think uh, I always lived kind of close to the na- in the neighborhood, close to the park, could either walk or ride my bike. And there was just something special about, you know, seeing the guys out front playing their cornhole, playing their beanbag game and having a couple cold ones or somebody had the grill going and uh, just kind of the, the hoopla on the hubbub around Wrigley Field as you as you came to the ballpark. And, and, and same for post game as you'd walk home, you'd see everybody either. Uh, celebrating or possibly drowning their sorrows a little bit. But um, just the energy around Wrigley to me was as much fun as what went on actually inside the ballpark. And uh, just absolutely couldn't think of a better place to, to call my office for as long as I did. Yeah, and that energy level was never higher than after the World Series, obviously, last year, where you couldn't even move around Wrigleyville with all the people, but it was quite a celebration. We're going to stick with social media here, and always Cutch22 wants to know, Ryan, what was your favorite pitch to throw when you were in a real tough situation? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Probably if, if I looked at my fan graphs or my, my stat cast numbers, it probably was a slider. Um, I guess I always felt like in any situation, no matter if the bases were loaded and a 3-2 count, that, uh, that I, I felt comfortable throwing it for a strike. And uh, I think, uh, you know, anytime there was a big situation, I felt like if I executed that pitch really well that I could, I could get somebody to chase it or uh, even if I threw it for a strike that I could get good results out of it. So um, I know the most important pitch to throw is, is a fastball down and away, and everything feeds off that. But... Uh, when I when I had my back against the wall, I always kind of relied on the old trusty number three to see what I, see what I could get out of it. And obviously, it worked out quite a bit over the course of 16 successful seasons pitching in the major leagues. The cool, cool thing about the Edward Jones chatting cage is we get fans on the line, and we have one joining us right now. Uh, fan, go ahead, tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Ryan Dempster. Hi, Ryan. I'm Will. I live out in Santa Monica, California, but I grew up in Evanston, and the uh, Uh, Looking at the photos, we've lost the iconic uh, side of the field bullpens. And I'm wondering whether you feel um, any nostalgia uh, for the times you spent warming up right there on the foul line. And do you think the guys are going to miss it this year? Yeah, well, that's a great question, and, and I, I, I will. And I do have a lot of nostalgia there. I, I remember countless times coming down as a closer. Uh, and saying hello to my good friend Phil Grinstead, who would be down there, and Phil and I would always he sat in the front row there. We'd always share a joke daily. Um, the other fans that you would see in the uh, the regulars that were there, and um, you know, kind of the energy that you would feel, and you'd feed off that from those those fans that sat so close. And as you got ready for a game, and um, you know, with it, every time there's change, people have a tough time with it. Um, but I, I will tell you this one: the new the new bullpen, the 
the way they've put, been put together, I know it's underneath the, the bleachers and it's tucked away, but um, they did a great job setting everything up in there. And I think over time, uh, the players will will uh, learn to love that just as much. But the, you'll definitely miss those opportunities and, uh, and and to see the guys sitting down in the bullpen when the line drive was scorched down there and who would or wouldn't get out of the way. And, uh, you know, those days are, are not there anymore. And uh, unfortunately, that, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But um, it's a beautiful new look. you got some some room for some more fans to come and sit at the game, and, uh, and that's always a good thing too. Yeah, the continued renovations of Wrigley Field over the last few years, it's really – become a, a, an always a special place has become modern and special as well. We have another fan joining us right now. Fan, go ahead, tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Ryan. Hi, Ryan, this is Brian. Uh, I'm just wanting to know, how does your arm feel after your WBC performance, and could you still go for a big league team today? <laughs> um, you know what? After all of that, my arm feels surprisingly, uh, surprisingly good, I think. Putting as much work as I did in for uh, for the short amount of time that I pitched, um, definitely kept it fresh for after that. And uh, I don't I don't know if I could. I I think it's uh, it's a lot to demand out of a full season to go out there and do that again. Um, I know in the time of throwing, it felt great. Obviously, I wish the results were a little bit better. But as far as how I felt physically, uh, I was pretty surprised with everything. And um, you know, it was a, a tremendous honor to do that to go out there, and it definitely. Uh, gave me an appreciation, and if I ever did forget how hard it was for that time off, uh, I definitely was reminded of how good these guys are, how incredible they are, and that maybe I'm just a little bit better off just uh, standing exactly where I am right now and, and letting this younger generation go out there and do what they do. Yeah, and you were in a group with Team Canada where you were basically facing all-star teams in every game as well. <laughs> um, we're going to go back to social media now and talk about your newer career, Ryan, and of course that's broadcasting. Glasses for Sight wants to know, what was the most difficult thing about making that transition from ball player to broadcaster? Yeah, I think something I just touched briefly on. I think the biggest thing... Um, as we get away from the game and we get up in the booth and we're watching games on TV, we have so much access to all this different information in the moment. And uh, when the reality is, is in the moment we're not out on that field, we don't know the emotions that we're going through. And I think uh, just trying to always remember how hard the game is. And uh, it's not that easy to sit back and say, just do this, or he should have just done that. Um, it, it really it really isn't that easy it isn't that simple if it was we'd all be doing it and these guys are so good they're so talented um, and why somebody fails or succeeds ultimately we can we can take all the educated guesses in the world we can look at arm angles and deliveries and mechanics but at the end of the day it might be as simple as you know maybe he has a, a dog he just had to put down or you know grandma's not doing well or uh, he's just having a tough day, and, and I, I think just keeping that in mind as you're, as you're analyzing things and going through things just to uh, understand that they're human beings and that they're going to fail. Baseball's always been a game that's built on failure. Heck, the best hitters in the world fail 70% of the time. So uh, always stay humble and, and enjoy it and, uh, and, and just realize that uh, you know, it's, it's not that easy from up in the booth. Yeah, and you have the great perspective of not just being a former ball player, Ryan, but I think someone who always certainly enjoyed to pl enjoyed playing the game, and you have a lot of fun in the broadcasting side as well. We have another fan ready to go. Go ahead, tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Ryan Dempster. Hey, Ryan, I'm Mauricio from Arnold, Maryland, and my question for you is, in your opinion, what makes baseball great? Wow. Well, Mauricio in Maryland. I think, in my opinion, what makes baseball great is that no matter what, 
at the end of the game, you could be down 20 runs, and until you get that last out, the game's never over. There's not a clock to run out the game. You know, there's not an end of a quarter. You have to play the game all the way to the end every single time, and I think that makes it so great. You can see these epic comebacks that didn't seem possible. Um, you know, and two, one other thing that makes it great, that on any given day, uh, no matter who you are, no matter who you're facing, you can have success. You can be a young kid facing a, uh, an all-star studded lineup, and if you go out there and pitch well, you can beat those guys. And I think that's what kind of makes baseball stand alone is um, just the fact that there's nothing to run the clock out. You gotta, you gotta get every last out all the way to the end. And to me, that always makes it special. It always makes you understand that, you know, for a kid like you who's at home, remember that, you know, hustle the ball out. Cause you never know if you beat that ball out in the bottom of the inning, that right there might lead to a rally that ultimately lands your team to win the game. Yeah, we saw obvious evidence of that with the World Series just a year ago and that crazy game seven in Cleveland between the Cubs and the Indians back and forth extra innings. And that leads us to another fan ready to go. Tell us your name, where you're from, and go ahead with your question. Hey, Ryan, my name's TJ, and I'm from a little town in, in North Carolina called Zionsville, North Carolina. Um, but, Ryan, uh, a fan of yours for years, and uh, one of the things I remember you doing was an impression of Harry Carey quite a bit of times. Curious if you could throw us a little Harry Carey impression out to us. Well, I, I gotta say, TJ, it's so great to hear from you. We're a beautiful uh, Wrigley Field for the, the home opener as the World Series champion Chicago Cubs raising their banner tonight. It's special because Something I waited a long time for, always hoping it would happen when I was alive. But as I'm up here in baseball heaven, I'm going to tip open a, a wonderful glass of Budweiser and kick back and enjoy these world champions as they raise their banners. So cheers to you, TJ, too. Go Cubs! Thank you. And and second question, my, what was your feelings on, on when Araneta hit the home run last year in the playoff against the irony of it all, against Madison Bumgarner, one of the most, I guess, home run hitters, you would say, uh, as a pitcher in the game right now? Yeah, it, it is. You know, th those are the two guys right now, I think, if you, if you look at all the guys who can swing the bat, um, they're at the top of the level, especially for, for the amount of power that they have. And, uh, you know, um, Arietta, he can put him out of the ballpark, and I think you're going to see that quite a few times this year. And for him to do it in such a big stage against uh, one of the most elite power, uh, you know, playoff pitchers, and and to show that kind of power and and put his team ahead like that, uh, you know, what a moment! I was sitting there in the second row at, at AT&T Park when it happened, and I just remember jumping out of my seat, and you know, so one of so many remarkable moments along the way in that in that championship run for the Cubs last year. Great stuff here on the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. A little Harry Carey, uh, a little bit of everything here. And now it's time for our EDJ question of the day. And the question today, Ryan, is have you watched David Ross on Dancing with the Stars? And if you have, what do you think of his dance moves? Uh, I have watched. I haven't missed. I've voted every time. I uh, find as many payphones as I can to vote as many times as I can for him. And uh, I think he's been getting better and better. And whoever, you know, is kind of leading this thing. I think he's right near the top. And obviously he has, you know, a tremendous uh, popularity, uh, a great following from, from Cubs fans and baseball fans. But I think what you're seeing on the, on the show is just how much his personality is coming through. And, 
You know, we've we've been firsthand as I played with him and been around him over the past few years to his uh, his excellent excellent hip thrusts and uh, ability to to do his dancing in the locker room and it's it's now going out onto the uh, dance floor on national television and I like the fact that he just owns it. You know, it's not easy to do to get out there in front of that many people, uh, not just in the in the audience, but uh, on, on national television and, and do that. And he's been owning every minute of it and flashing off those spray painted abs he had on. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to what he's got in store for uh, for this Monday night. That's great perspective into into the David Ross training grounds in the clubhouse over a long career as a catcher in the major leagues. And now he's putting it out there for America to watch. Back to social media here, Ryan and uh, Martin Yankees wants to know, and this goes back to the Cubs and, and back to October of 2016. What was your initial reaction when that final out was made and the Cubs won the World Series? Tears, tears of joy. I was so happy. As a, as a player, all I ever wanted to do was win a World Series here. Um, when I played here every year, that was my goal. It's, it's what I believed in. I wanted it so much. I, I think living in the neighborhood, I wanted it so much for the fans. And, you know, initially I, w I was happy for myself, uh, f for, for being a part of something so special. Um, and for my family and friends, uh, you know, uh, the players, all the hard work they put in. You start to go through it, and then you just start to think of all the fans, the Phil Grinsteads, the Ken Kiefers, the Warren Drews, uh, you know, these people that, that I know personally that are just diehard Cub fans, um, so many of them, the, the season ticket holders that, that you would see year in, year out. Um, and then you start to think about the Ron Santos and the Ernie Banks, uh, the, the, the people who, who played here before me that set the tone of what it meant to be a Cub who, uh, who weren't with us anymore, but we know we're – we're up in heaven watching the game and, and smiling down upon it all and uh, and just the tears of joy that came streaming down it was it, it really was it was you looked around in the in section like I said section 144 and you just saw all these people with just you know tears flowing down this the excitement the joy to know that it finally happened and and that uh, that it was possible and that it could happen and all the curses were gone out the door and, and a new uh, a new generation's coming through one that hopefully can go out there and, and do it do it again another time. Yeah, they didn't just do it once. This is a young core, and they're certainly good, good enough this year and, and for years going forward. Mentioned earlier in the chatting cage that obviously you pitched for Team Canada, originally from Canada. So Chi-Town Tony wants to know, Ryan, who was your biggest baseball influence when you were growing up? Uh, Nolan Ryan. I, I just I was a huge fan of his. I got turned on to him really early, um, just watching him pitch for the Texas Rangers and I just loved the stories I would read about his work ethic and the things that he would do, whether it was, you know, the night after a start, making the hotel gym owner open up the, uh, the gym before the team left for the, the morning flight or, um, you know, just the ability for him to go out there and pitch until he's 47 years old and uh, just everything he was able to do. And I love that big high leg kick. And obviously I was a big fan of the strikeouts. So to see him rack up all those strikeouts and pitching no hitters. And of course, you know, when a young buck tried to charge the mound, he just put him in a headlock and let him know who, who his dad was and, uh, and put him in his place. So um, just always had the most, you know, admiration for him probably more than anybody else. And, you know, kind of tried to work as hard as I could to just even be a, a blip on the radar respect to what he was able to accomplish in his career. All right, Ryan, great stuff. And thank you so much for joining us in the chat and cage. Enjoy the ceremony tonight. Enjoy the ball game and enjoy just being part of that Cubs atmosphere in Wrigleyville. Absolutely. And thanks to all the fans for the great questions today. Had a blast and thanks for having me on. That'll do it for another edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Make sure you tune in again next time.